Hello and welcome to the Frontier Shanti Group podcast series. FSG is the leading information services provider for emerging markets executives. We partner with business leaders at over 200 multinationals by providing them with research, analytical tools and data that help power their emerging market strategies. My name is Bhavesh Segal and I'm the managing director and head of research for Frontier Strategy Group's Asia Pacific division. The topic of our podcast today is India's city prioritization framework and report that FSG recently released. Indian economy obviously is attracting substantial international attention as one of the world's fastest growing major economies. Two themes that we see become increasingly more important going forward are around an increased role of the states in policy making and strong domestic consumption driven growth. It is for these reasons we believe that refining a cluster based resource allocation model is crucial for multinationals medium term india strategy with this in mind when we released this report we wanted to highlight the most attractive super emerging and frontier city clusters in the country joining me today to share a little bit more detail on our work is prathima singh prathima is a senior analyst on fsg's asia research team and has been leading our efforts on this topic prathima warm welcome thank you bhavya it's great to be here So let's kick things off Pratima and why don't you share with us that what are the updates that we have actually done in this report vis-a-vis a version that we released in 2013 and why was it necessary to make these changes and amendments Sure so um with respect to the October 2013 report that we released this research piece number 1 updates the data and the cluster rankings that we had come up with earlier so we've incorporated uh, the latest 2013 district level data and we've also incorporated movements between clusters and try to uh, understand where the new clusters are emerging and in which categories these clusters fall Secondly we've also incorporated a 2020 outlook so we've tried to understand where uh, these clusters are headed and if an, any changes are likely to um, be underway third we've also incorporated a go to market strategy for super clusters um for mnc's operating in india it's important to understand how a cluster strategy is going to affect um an india strategy and therefore we need to understand what are the implications and fourth and most importantly as you already mentioned resource allocation decisions not just within india but also looking at different countries are going to be affected using a cluster based approach and we've tried to incorporate a benchmarking system in this report sure that that's useful prathima uh, why why don't you actually share a little bit more details around why do you think that a cluster approach is the right way to think about the indian market before before i ask you more detailed questions on the key findings absolutely let me actually start by highlighting that as the economy in india expands a lot of our clients are looking to increase investments in the country and as a result of this we think that a structured framework a model that can highlight the different clusters and opportunities that are arising in the country is an essential way of thinking about this market india is a large and diverse 
and very complicated country. And so if we were to think of building a national level strategy, that would be rather cumbersome for, for MNCs, just because there are often very underestimated regional differences that crop up. So it's because of these differences that not only include vari- variations in business landscape, but also culture, infrastructure, talent, and very importantly, wealth. So as a result, it's important to identify clusters that have similarities in order to make resource allocation de- uh, decisions. Furthermore, as you already pointed out, we also see a trend of increased independence and competition among the states, and that is likely to exacerbate these regional disparities. It's because of these reasons that we think it's crucial to actually refine a cluster-based strategy for the country. That's very interesting. And while the country's regional disparities are underrated, we also see that wealth in India is fairly dispersed among the larger cities. For example, India's top two cities only contribute 8% of the country's GDP, unlike many other emerging markets like Russia, where the top two cities contribute around 17% of GDP, or South Africa, where the number is around 22%. This makes this study absolutely pertinent for India. Absolutely. So, so, so give us some insights into how you identified these high-priority clusters for India. Absolutely. That's a great question. Let me start by highlighting that um, in order to undertake a city-level study or analysis in India, we need data for districts. The country is divided into different states and the states are divided into districts. So the district is uh, the most primary uh, data point in the country. And um, in order to undertake this analysis, we actually conducted interviews with executives and clients to define what a cluster would look like. Our conversations with these executives reveal that companies can serve a radius of approximately 200 kilometers uh, without adding any incremental or additional resources. So it was for this reason that we actually use distance and a minimum GDP and population to define a cluster. When we uh, identified these clusters, we compared market opportunity along with the competitiveness of the biggest or the largest city in that cluster to develop the framework. So the analysis divides clusters into super, emerging and frontier clusters based on on this framework. The super clusters are essentially clusters that have a combined GDP of more than 40 billion US dollars. Uh, Some examples of super clusters are the Mumbai cluster, the Delhi cluster, Chennai and Kolkata, among the others. There are seven super clusters in all. Emerging clusters had a GDP of between 24 and 40 billion US dollars, and these include Chandigarh, Vijayawara, Kochi, to name a few. Our total emerging clusters in India are 12. And finally, frontier clusters, which had a GDP of about 1.5 to 24 billion, they include uh, Coimbatore, Lucknow, Mangalore, etc. In all, we have 40 uh, clusters in India, and these clusters comprise 54% of India's GDP. That's insightful. More than half of the country's GDP is concentrated in these 40 clusters. So what implications will a cluster-based approach have for multinationals? That's very, very important. Let me actually start by highlighting that apart from identifying opportunity, a cluster-based approach will also influence a lot of the uh, MNC's go-to-market strategy in India. 
Let's take the super clusters for example. These seven clusters together contribute roughly a quarter of India's uh, GDP, and therefore it's very crucial that MNCs get the strategy for super clusters right in order to build a strong foundation in this country. Uh, let's start by looking at decisions of organizational design. Now, as is, as I've already mentioned, super clusters are some of India's most developed areas, and they have relatively better infrastructure, better skills. Many companies, as a result, are therefore inclined to establish their national or regional headquarters in the in these clusters. Um, say, for example, the Delhi and the Kolkata super cluster. They are also the only super clusters in the northern and the eastern region of the country, and therefore, in order to establish a presence, MNCs must have regional headquarters in these clusters it would also be very useful to map out functional responsibilities into different super clusters based on their characteristics for example the availability of strong technical skills and well developed digital infrastructure will probably make the bangalore and hyderabad clusters a great base for shared services we also see implications for multinationals talent strategies uh, as a result of using the cluster approach favorable demographics better health and living conditions and a large number of educational institutions are some of the reasons why organizations source talent from these cities however it's very important to be mindful of cultural and language differences and customize employee value propositions to remain attractive for the large young workforce that's likely to come in Superclusters have also relatively higher consumption expenditure and so a study of different consumer preferences and an analysis of customer segmentation will inform the product and sales strategy of MNCs. And finally, MNCs channel management decisions which include whether to adopt a direct, indirect or a hybrid model are also very influenced by clusters given expectations for volumes, margins, growth, logistics, etc. So essentially, a cluster-based approach would obviously have implications for a larger number of important decisions for multinationals. And, and moving on, many of our clients say that resource allocation decisions are a priority for them. As all our clients are already present in China super clusters, their decision is usually between China's emerging clusters versus India's super clusters. You know, how would you say these compare? That's a great question, Bhavya, and that's one of the important additions that we highlighted in this report. Like you mentioned, we see all our clients in China super clusters, but as they're expanding and as they're looking for growth opportunities, the decision really does boil down to whether they need to invest more in China's emerging clusters and go wider, or whether they need to look at India's super clusters to start with. When we did our analysis, we find that all of China's emerging clusters completely outsize India's super clusters today in GDP terms. Uh, in order to get a better understanding of this, we actually took forward our analysis forecasting GDP in 2020 for both sets of clusters. And we find that the majority of China's emerging clusters remain much larger even in 2020. 
The only exception here is the Mumbai supercluster, which overtakes the Guangzhou emerging cluster in 2020. So really, when it comes down to executives deciding between these sets of clusters in GDP terms, China's emerging clusters look a lot more appealing. However, there are other important factors to consider in resource allocation decisions as well, such as what are the growth rates, what are the policy incentives, and how is access to new markets um playing into these these strategies. Thanks Pratima. Uh this is obviously very interesting and it is indeed a very useful way to think about the uh Indian market. A- any any final thoughts that you would have for our clients? Well, I would just like to conclude by saying that the increased importance of state level incentives like you already pointed out are exacerbating India's complex economic geography and as a result it makes a cluster framework essential in understanding and making resource allocation decisions for the country. A cluster based analysis is also likely to affect all MNC's uh, strategy decisions including organization, talent, sales in the country. Thank you very much Pratima for your great insights. Thank you Bhavya it's been a pleasure. And before we wrap up today I would like to highlight that we will be releasing a report focusing on local partnership models in India in mid December along with our regular quarterly market review. I also want to mention that Pratima is available for one-on-one conversations with FSG clients. Just reach out to your account manager if you are interested in scheduling a meeting. and be sure to download our full research report from the fsg research portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com this concludes our podcast for today thanks for listening in